0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family
1: and
2: lots of laugh. laughs.
0: COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
1: Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast. I am Gav and tonight I have with me Chris Brack and I have Grizz Khan to discuss how relentless these Reds actually are and how Spores believed after 104 seconds or whatever it was that they were going to win at Anfield when in truth they never really were. Grizz, great win. I think we both predicted a 2-1, a tight 2-1 I think we both said. But, oh, Did um, you
3: copy me yet?
1: No, I didn't copy. I went forced to done it earlier in the week. Um but just your initial reaction, Graves, because I think that is a massive, 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 massive win. Um uh,
3: yeah, I I would echo those sentiments. I'd probably add another massive um if you press me, I thought it's fantastic win. I thought for me I know some people are saying the performance against Arsenal was good. It was but I'll tell you for a fact, this team is much the team we're playing against was much better than Arsenal. Uh, this first team really, really were up for it. You could tell they're, they're... In Pochettino's, very similar to Klopp, in Pochettino's philosophy, it's all about pressing and high tempo and energy. And, and they showed that in the first 20 minutes. They really harassed us, pressed us. And we were magnificent in the way we didn't let an early setback... Um, you know, affect us, we stayed calm, we stayed composed, and we didn't chase the game, Gav, we played the game, which I thought was very, very important. If we had chased it early, then they had um, some fantastic players up front uh, to counter-attack us, but we didn't chase it. We played the game, composed, thoughtful, just making... um just making, just making us fans proud, Gaff. I'm absolutely proud of those Reds today. I thought it was a fantastic win.
1: Yeah, it really was. I thought it was you, Chris. Um, it's one of those where, and I think Gary Neville said it after the game, which surprised me a little bit, where he just said and Carragher as well. But they put it very well when he said, you know what. And soon, S even as well. I think everyone nearly in studio probably had Roy Keane into that, um, and it's probably the first time I've watched uh, post game because I wanted to really see what he thought of that victory. But they all said never that goal never affected Liverpool. They dug in, and they were fantastic to watch. At the same time, it was just huge, wasn't it?
2: Definitely was, mate. That's the first time we've probably in a while now been able to evolve as a club. Where probably two, three years ago we we've seen before. You know, one nil down. It's one of those games. Keeper as a worldy. And we panic and we started doing pot shots from distance. distance. Uh, I was probably a bit anxious or a bit frustrated probably the first half where we did fall into the trap a little bit of, the, of what we did at United, which was get deep, putting those across in from deep, which for Alderweireld is quite easy. But then they seemed to calm themselves down and go back to playing the way we can and just brushed it off as a, one of them goals and then pretty much took control. The only frustration was we probably should have got ahead sooner. But it's quite a nice position
1: to be in. Yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant position to be in. Grizz, just starting off with the team, um, rumour early on in the day that Salah may miss out. The rumour was he picked up a knock against Genk. Then we had, you know, the, the whole centre half team, which I think most people early on realised this is going to be, you know, this is going to, not going to happen for, for Matip. So it's going to be Lovren, and so most people are on that. And then the midfield three reverted back to the, to what seems to be his four-story midfield three. Were you happy with that Grizz? Because I know you were impressed with Oxley Chamberlain and Kate during the week.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I was impressed with them, but there's, but I, I thought, um, I, I, I thought the team picked itself. Um, as I said on my Twitter earlier this week, I personally would have picked uh, Ox or Kate one of them over Henderson, but you know it's brilliant when. Um, you know you're, you're, it's proved that you know fuck all, because Henderson equalises and makes mugs of all of us, saying uh, he shouldn't be playing. Um, just a word on Henderson: he has been playing poor. There's no hiding from that. You you know you I think he's really really out of form. But I thought he showed great captaincy and leadership skill today, even because. He lost that ball very early on and it was his error. It can happen to a midfielder. You get caught cold at the start of a game. As I said, Pochettino's team were instructed to press really high. It happens. He was poor on the ball. There was no awareness surrounding him. He didn't look. He gets caught. But I thought, I thought he really picked himself up and just didn't let his head drop. The accusation is obviously, uh, of, of Henderson is that he sort of he goes high. He goes hiding. He goes missing. Um, I thought he had a very strong uh second half, especially um, which culminated in scoring the goal. Um, I knew I knew Lovren would be ahead of Gomez. Gomez again is not in in been brilliant form. Lovren, apart from the stupid mistake, and I know it's it cost a goal, and you know these mistakes are crucial if they lead to a goal. But overall, his play hasn't been bad in my opinion, alongside Virgil van Dijk. Um, and the rest of the team picked itself. It was interesting. It was interesting. Klopp uh, in his press conference afterwards alluded to the fact that he knew our counter pressing had to be spot on today because uh, he knew we'd have majority of the ball, and that's when Spurs are at, at their dangerous with their counter attacking. So it just it's small, small sort of inserts into how Klopp views Genyin. Fabinho and we're now uh, Ginny, Fabinho and Hendo in terms of they understanding understanding his uh, pressing techniques, his uh, his tactics to a T. And I thought I thought I really thought we were fantastic all round as a team to stop them.
1: Yeah, but, uh, look, there's loads of comments coming in here. A few on Matip, a few on Lovren. Um, you know. Uh, there's there's loads of different comments on, on on loads of different players you know about the pressing game. Kevan Sullivan felt that despite the goal early on he felt it was a great attacking display first half bar scoring a goal. Um Stephen Kingsbury's going on about when uh Centurion um let me he's he says that's the point that was made by the day trippers over sorry it's gone. Um it's gone off the screen. But Lovren plenty on Lovren plenty on 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 loads of different players but we will get onto them as we go along. Um I I thought Lovren was poor. I'm going to throw it out there from the start. That's that's my opinion on Lovren. But Chris, Grizz mentions, and we have to get straight into it, and it's a goal after within a minute or or in around a minute. Um, I was just so annoyed. I wasn't even looking at the clock. Um, But, you know, he says, and Henderson says after the game himself in the post-match conference, besides Sadio Mane, where he says, uh, I was glad to score today because it was my fault for the goal and, you know, I lost the ball. Yeah, he takes too many touches, Chris. He gets caught, not gets caught in possession, but he's rushed into a, an attempt to pass. They lose it. But you could point fingers then at Fabinho, Wijnaldum, not Trent, definitely at Um Was it all a Henderson's fault for you? Uh,
2: no, don't think it is. Uh, you know, he does lose it, but he, he loses it halfway in the half. And then, I'll be honest, it's, probably, it's the only tackle thing Fabinho misses all game. He dances past him, he dances past Wijnaldum. Then he gets, hence gets him back into position, and probably the, if you be hypercritical, from there, him and Trent, between them, have got to show Son outside. They let him cut inside, it hits Love Run on the head, you know, nine times out of ten, that'll go over. Hits, hits the bar, which is a bit freakish. And to be honest, unusually, probably were a bit slow to react to Kane. I mean, I thought Kane was offside, until you see the replay, he's miles off.
1: Mm. But the
2: initial reaction is, he must be offside, because, how can you leave Harry Kane, who is not as mobile as he used to be, but he's still, you know, in the penalty box, he's, he's deadly. Uh, it was a bit, just it's just like a really cold start, so I think Henson's probably protecting his team a little bit and taking it on the chin, but it was a bit of a catalogue of errors and a bit, it was a bit freakish, the goal, to be honest. Uh, Lovren, yeah, he got he's getting penalties on Skype, but look, Kane knows how to play against players like Lovren, and to us, on the whole, I thought he kept Kane, fairly quiet. After the goal, apart from him falling out, apart from apparently when you get hit in the chest, it causes your head to fall off. Um, I thought Lovren did all right against Kane, because Kane is always going to play on whoever is not Van Dyke.
1: Yeah, like Mum's Mo- like, like forwards.
2: Like Muggs forwards do. And I, I, I thought you are right. I mean, this is not like the the Wembley game where, you know, Lovren's game Lovren's ever was kettled after half an hour because Kane had done him two or three times. Yeah, you know, that, it wasn't like that
1: was happening a lot. Um, a lot of people I mentioned Fabinho here and the yellow card. I'm gonna get the lads' thoughts on that later on with regards to what tactic uh, Fabinho needs to um needs to use in order not to miss City. Uh, the, the one the one option could be just not to play him against Villa or against Arsenal. But look, it's it's um it, it is a goal, Grizz. i I don't I don't think the goal is all his fault. You know, I think Fabinho has a chance to put a tackle in there early in the game and gets a free kick against them and probably not a yellow. I think I think I think is goes to ground too quickly to try to try win win it it goes out the sun. I do agree with Chris, you know Trent could probably push him outside, but then again pushing him outside probably leads to a ball across the box. He's trying to probably look at that. He's Weighing up the risks and thinking if I push him inside, what can happen? Loving for me turns away from the ball. If he just stays where he is, it hits him in the head and goes back where it came from. But it 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 was a it was a bad start, Chris, wasn't it? But I'm going to be honest. It was a bad start. My reaction to the goal was oh, fuck off. But I wasn't panicked. Were you?
3: No, I wasn't panicked. But um, as the game as the game wore on, after that, for that that half an hour after that. we were shell-shocked for about 10 minutes and once we got our bearings again you know the, the beauty and we've discussed it before about this team is its ability to work out what's happening on the pitch and and play accordingly and I thought we'd done that master, masterfully again um, I, I wasn't panicked but it was one of the more frustrating afternoons I've had in a long time in that after a long time, I actually thought uh, it's going to be one of those days. I don't normally, I'm very positive, and I think, you know, yes, we're still going to do it. But about 30, 40 minutes when their keeper just suddenly turned into prime Buffon, mm. um, you know, I thought this guy's going to have one of the storm money and he was saving everything, and some of our chances were straight at him, and then Mane misses that totally open header near the end of the first half, and you just think... Is it one of those days? And it was more frustration than panic or disappointment. You could say disappointment because I really thought we were playing well. You know, I must stress to, to sort of control this Spurs, very attacking Spurs lineup. The way we controlled that majority of that game is so, so impressive. And so, you know, I thought it's just another sign of the maturity of this team, Gab. It's really, really, it's great to see. So it was more frustration than panic. I was like, oh, and but I I was fairly, I was fairly confident. Once we get an equaliser, we need a bit of luck or a moment of brilliance. Once we get an equaliser, I was firmly uh, in the boat of we're going to get the winner as well.
1: Yeah, so was I. I. And I wasn't even panicked at half time, because when I looked at the half time stats, I think we had something like, I think it was something like 11 shots, and I think it was 5 or 6 of them on target. I think they had 4, I think it counted as 4 in the first half, 1 on target, which was the goal after after a minute. You know, it's um, it's it was just one of those halves where, and as Kev Sullivan said earlier, you know, look, we played really, really well attacking wise, just didn't score, but I don't think we look panicked. I think you're right. I think five or six minutes after the goal, we we're kind of finding our balance. But you have to remember, Spurs immediately went back into a 4-5-1 and went, retreated all the way. Um, but like <coughs> Stephen Max says there, we absolutely battered them. Um, I, I think we did from start to finish. Chris, as the fourth half- Before you of, go to Chris,
3: quickly, I just yeah. want to say, before you go to Chris, mm-hmm. it was, I, sorry Chris, just, I just wanted to make, make a point about the way it's very similar to the Champions League, but Totally opposites in terms of we showed how to how to sort of come back from an early goal. People criticised our Champions League performance, but we, we we've shown twice now against Spurs how to take it, or, or or Spurs should have you know took an early goal lead against us, and it shows how, how good our performance in in the Champions League final was, where they tried to sit deep, they got an early goal just like we did in the Champions League. But were, they were unable sort of compose themselves and play the game that we play today. And it just shows you that the tactical side of this Liverpool team and Klopp is so underestimated, Gav. We, all we talk about is the front three and we give the ball to them and, and you know, oh, we need, we need playmakers in the middle and we need, but you know, this Klopp and his coaching staff have got this Liverpool team probably one of the most tactically you know, mature teams I've seen in my lifetime, and I've seen a lot of football, as you know, Gav.
1: Mm-hmm. I know you have, yeah, you've, um, <laughs> I know you have a subscription to Ajax TV, amongst others. Um, but, Chris, as the as the half rolls on, you know, Chris says it there, we, he was, his main worry was the disc goalkeeper of turning into prime booth on, you know, but, uh, and, and like you said there, against United, we're trying to hit stuff from deep and stuff, but, I, was your impression come half-time, Chris, that you know, yeah, we're 1-0 down, but we're absolutely battering these. Like, you know, I think, I think the, I don't think they made 100 passes in the first half. I think we made about 300 or two two 250. You know, we, more shots on target, more shots on, on, more shots overall, more shots on target. When you got to half time, Chris, were you thinking, it's one of these days? Or were you thinking, no, this'll come. This'll definitely come.
2: There wasn't all me thinking it's going to be one of those days, but I always thought we don't normally not score at home. We just need to be a bit more smart and a bit more clinical though, because while Gazaniga made two or three, you know, saves, I'll be honest, if any of them had got in, while we'd have been made up, you'd all be going, what's the keeper doing there? Because they were they're, all, they're all right at it. They're all chances you would expect a Premier League keeper to save. So, yeah, I think I, I thought first off the, the main threat was going to be down the left, uh, because, for, you know, tactically, I think Potashini made a few errors in terms of asking Ericsson to mark Robertson. It just doesn't work. But the big thing with Spurs at the moment is when you saw the full playing, Rose, and the centre-back, Sanchez, to me, they they feel to me a bit like when we used to play Moreno, left-back, and Skirtle. I always feel they're defenders that will give you a chance. Mm. And I always feel like they've got a rick in them. Whereas we generally have got rid of or evolved players to get rid of that sort of habit. I guess I know Lovren can still do it now and again, but in general we get less errors that lead to goals from defence where I always think of Aurier especially and Rose to a certain extent they can lose their heads and do something daft. Yeah. so that's why I, him, I was thinking if you keep going at them to fullbacks, I think eventually one of them's going to do something silly Absolutely. Yeah, like
1: Centur- Centurion says there, we were always getting points from this game, one or three, depended on the players. Stephen Mack said, I've not seen a fourth half of football in a long time like that. It was amazing. I thought it was great. And like, <clears throat> you know, they showed on Sky after the game, I think it was the San Chance that we will get onto when we get into the second half. But when they showed that, he said, that could have been 2-0, he said to Sunez. And Sunez said, hold on, that could have been 2-0. If they went in 4-1 up at half time, you couldn't have argued. You know, it was one of those. So, you know, and we, we, we just kept going and going and going and going. And Kane was asked afterwards, "Oh, do you think you were forced back? And he was like, well, I'm not too sure. And I'm kind of going, to go stop fucking lying to yourself. You scored a goal and you literally couldn't get out of your own half after that. Like, mm-hmm. I'll put it to you this way, Grizz. I was thinking at half time, you know what? If we'd have scored after the fourth minute there, we'd be training up here at half time.
3: Yeah. Um, it was, it, it had that feels to it where, where we knew, you know we get one and we get a couple here um, you know it was evident uh and it's apparent obviously since because he had to go off as well at the end that you know it, you could see Mo wasn't his himself um, you know Mane is allowed an off day he was fairly quiet but the rest of the team around them even though our two main main boys were, were weren't at their best it just shows you how much importance Klopp has on his full-backs. I thought Robertson and Trent were absolutely outstanding. Um, Maybe not the cleverest thing, as Chris said, from Poch to play uh, Ericsson up against, was it Trent, and then Son on the other side? Other way around. Sorry, other way around?
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah.
3: Close enough. Um, so there's
1: only two options
3: (laughs) it was (laughs) it was um, it was was evident to see that basically we we won the tactical battle in terms of they literally couldn't um, you know they couldn't go forward they didn't concentrate on their attacking duties because they were so occupied busy defensively the odd break from Son here and there is a superb player you expect superb players to have the odd moment but um I thought Kane was absolutely anonymous apart from you know the tapping um the world, had, had the, the a, world's
2: greatest tapping.
3: Yeah Lovren had Lovren had Lovren had a couple of indecisive moments I'd say where he kind of sort of because he attacks so much uh, of the ball sometimes he's prone to sort of makes makes errors of judgment in terms of the the pace and height of it and the angle of it but overall I thought he was okay uh you know, we've seen Lovren have far worse games against Kane. Um, but, yeah, overall, generally, um, it was superb, Gav. I I I'm, I can't wait to watch it again. You know, I am. I'm really going to watch that game again. It's one of those ones.
1: Lads, I have to ask this question before we go on to the second half because it's been mentioned a couple of times here on the chat. And it's about... Young, I forget all his names. He has three names, but I forget them. But Son. Um, is Son. Is it it? Y- young Min Son. Is that how it goes? Um... Grizz, I don't know, someone's asking here what age of Son, is he in his late 20s? Grizz, would you go rocking the boat in January and trying to sign Son from sports?
3: Gavin Doyle, you know my opinion on Son. Uh, if there's any unrest, we've talked about before, if there was any unrest or any chance, him, uh, any chance of getting in... He's 27, by the way. Any chance of getting in, if there was one player from the premiership that we could realistically possibly get um, it would be Son. I mean, we know Spurs are a selling club. They're probably going to get split this. Uh, this summer is going to be wholesale changes, and mm. all sorts going to happen at Spurs this summer. And if we could, go because you've got to remember, Man United in their heyday, Gav, this is what they used to do. Yes. In their heyday, when Man United were the prime, uh, were at the top, they would go and get the best players, a la Berbatov from Spurs. Do you know what I mean, Andy Cole? Uh, Andy Cole, you know, from Newcastle. This is what they do. They tried to get Sherra apparently who was so so close to going there. This is what you got to do? You gotta have you gotta have balls, you gotta have ambition. There's no point saying, Oh, we couldn't get son. Why couldn't we go son? He fucking would love to come to us. Um he'd be adored at us, he's an absolute clock prototype. He'd, we would he'd be he'd be my ideal signing. Forget all your fucking scouting networks and players from here, there and everywhere in Germany, forget it. Son would be the most, most perfect, complete um, uh, addition to our attack, in my opinion.
1: Okay. Um, Chris, would you agree with that? And I know it's, it's. we're only saying this because, you know, he gets mentioned all the time and we might as well have that little chat. I don't know how realistic it is. I don't know if, if there ever is a chance of it happening. But would you agree with that? Would you agree that if he came up, you do anything you could to get him?
2: Yeah, you can, you can never have too many good players I mean that would also solve, solve all the, the Twitter nonsense about what do we do if one of on the front three get injured you know the guy's there and it, it would also probably push Manny and Salah and Firmino possibly onto another level because that's a realistic guy who goes listen I can start Son in the middle and Firmino you're on the bench and no one's really going to quibble because they're going to go well we're no weaker so it seems a bit of a no brainer really but I know we think Tottenham are selling club, but I can't see them selling him mid-season, unless they get knocked out of the Champions League uh, in the group stage. But I think that's probably... No, 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 mid-season.
3: I mean, that's, I mean, mean signing, yeah, signing him would be a dream, but signing him in mid-season would be, you know...
2: just In the, just, in the summer, yes, I would go for him.
3: Yeah, absolutely. He'd be, be, be number one on, on my list, personally, anyway.
2: was in Mbappe up front. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, listen, yeah, we've, we've started on
1: song. you've mentioned Mbappe, um, but Mystery Man 111 on uh, Periscope asks, what do you guys think of all this Sancho talk? Um, Grizz, I'll come to you first, there's oh, a lot goes on around here, and, and I suppose we have to caveat this way, if the night deal goes through, Grizz, next summer, transfer-wise at Liverpool, just rumour-wise, is going to be off the fucking scale.
3: Yeah, it will be, but it's it's it, it's rightly so. It will be, and we will be the talk of the town. We will be talk of sort of agents, you know. Agents will be put, throwing their best stars at us. Um, you know, it's a fact. We're, we're a huge, massive club, and with that comes all this sort of talk about players wanting to sign us, us wanting to sign, uh, wanting to sign for us, us signing players, all these great young talents all around the world. Um, you know, if you if you if you're going towards asking me, have I heard anything on Sancho? I have. Um, you know, he's um uh, he's definitely a player we're more than interested in. Um, but I expect loads of names to be appearing after that. Um, you know, he's he's you know he's a very 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 young player, good player but um you know I'd still had I'd, I'd still go for son over him but yeah uh, the Sancho talk is real as far as I know uh we are definitely most interested in him for the summer
1: okay um let's get on to the second half chris i was a little bit concerned at the second half the my only concern i suppose at half time was the f the whistle went at the end of the first half we if mm. if it if, if it's a game where you wanted to you know go and play 90 minutes without stopping this was probably it because we are constantly Chris we are probably constantly just going at them and at them and at them and, at, and eating and eating and eating at them and it, w- it looked like it was coming and then the, the, the first half whistle goes but we come back out Chris second half and it's straight at it again we're straight at it and we're on top of them and they've had 15 minutes to try to discuss how to get around us and they can't seem to we're straight at it having said that they they could go 2 nil up from that son chance
2: They could, yeah. Um, It's really good goalkeeping by Alisson. He just forces Son wide enough to make it a really, really difficult finish for him. Uh, So that's probably more down to Alisson. And again, Alisson is a bit like Edison is for City. I think he's getting in players' heads. Mm. That when they see him coming out, they're thinking, I've really got to put my foot through this. I've really got to put this in the top corner Um, because he's so so big. A bit like Edison, it's not a great analysis, but I think that helps us. Probably a couple of years back the keepers we've had in the past did have shrunk and it's been probably quite a simple finish for him. Um, Yeah, yeah, there was the concern that, you know, we haven't, it's got to half down, we haven't scored while we've been so dominant and you just hope that as second half kicker can Kenya just carry off where you left off almost first, try something different. I was amazed he didn't try something different plus you know, even like, Throw an Ndombélé on early and going three really big central midfielders. You know, just go Sissoko and Ndombélé winks. Just keep the ball, be a bit more physical, and sacrifice one of the, one of the, the flair players. Just something different. But he just kind of went. He kind of just seemed to be. We play the way we play. We'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Which was surprising, really, for a manager. He's supposed to be very tactically switched on. He just seemed to let a lot of it bypass him.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by it as well because. Oh, I don't understand why they didn't drop Kane Deeper and put Son up front and put him mm. right up there, you know, on his own if they had to try Corbett, <laughs> try Corbett fullbacks like Grace said earlier, they were both fantastic and go man for man in the middle of midfield and hope to, hope to win that battle. But listen, that's what Pochettino wants to do. That's absolutely fair enough. Chris, um, Lovren is a disgrace on that chance. Discuss. Uh, the Son one. Yeah.
3: Mm. Yeah, he is, um, he has his disgraceful moments doesn't
1: he mm. but um ball yeah. travels 80 yards chris Say Again sorry the ball travels 80 yards
3: yeah i know i mean i mean i did i did touch on it that he does have his moments in terms of uh making errors of judgment um that's his biggest biggest um biggest uh Problem issue he has uh, errors of judgment, especially attacking. You know he sometimes goes for balls that he doesn't need to, um, you know, or, or sometimes he won't go for balls that he should. Um, but the sun chance we can talk about it all day long. But we had three or four chances just as gilt edged as that. I mean, as I said, the Mane chance was was very very scoreable, especially for for Mane who's, who's been in tremendous form. Again, I agree with Chris in terms of. Goalkeeping was brilliant, I thought. I thought he's, um, his presence. Mignole lets that in. Mignole doesn't, if, if Mignolet's in goal, then that's a goal. He easily goes around the keeper, but, but this guy is huge. He's, you know, physically, apparently, measurements, actual measurements wise, he's, he's, he's not as big as, as, um, as Mignolet, but he has huge presence, and he is, he is in a lot of attackers' brains, minds. You know, you think, you, you try to be extra careful or go or make or try to make sure of the finish as opposed to naturally uh, sort of just go for goal when you're up against Alisson. and um, you know it was <clears throat> it was a crucial part of the game it was an error but as I said it was it was one of maybe two or three attacks they managed in 90 minutes mm. I mean 70% possession against a team a quality outfit like Spurs Uh I think that's huge for a team, for a team that's criticised like us of not being able to hold on to the ball and have much possession.
1: Yeah, like I, I don't know there says, um, Allison was so short. Um, Kevin O'Sullivan says Laverne can't keep pace with the guy everyone wants to sign as an option for our front three. I'm shocked. Uh, his tongue firmly <laughs> in cheek. Now, you see, the, the thing about this is.
0: So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Coles has the lowest prices of the season, and had to say for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for five ninety nine, a cute swimsuit for myself for seventeen ninety nine, and a Shark vacuum for one ninety nine ninety nine, which will be great after sandy beach days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May twenty third. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com dot com for details.
1: Talking about Lovren and talking about um, Allison, right? This is my opinion on it. First of all, when the goal is scored for them, Lovren half-turns his head away from me. If he stands there and it hits him, let it hit him. Take a bash in the face. You know what I mean? If he goes down, they'll blow up and they'll stop it for a head injury. Grant, turns away from me. That one there, though, it's hit 70 to 80 yards, right? It's a flat ball. You can see it from the very start. And he makes no attempt to A, go towards the ball. You know, and do anything to try... You know, make this ball go anywhere different but straight down the throat of their keeper with song running onto it. It, it, It's madness to watch. Like, I'm not being funny with you, Grizz. I could go out, you know, on a Sunday morning down to the local park and watch a goalkeeper kick a ball 70 yards. And I can absolutely guarantee you that if I watch 10 games that day and it happens every game. None of them sent the house will let that ball bounce. Absolutely fucking none of them, because the first rule of defending on the high ball is don't let it bounce. All right, and you know what was happening there, Grizz? He got confident. We're grey here. We're grey here. We're playing really well, and he gets he loses confidence. Or He loses concentration. He gets over cocky, and he thought I'll let that bounce and it run through to Allison. And it's the stages of Lovren starts off well. We. We get a goal, we get on top, and he loses, he loses all concentration, and then when we actually can see the goal, he goes to, he he goes to an absolute mess. Kevin O'Sullivan says Son Dunham for pace. There should have been no issue with pace there. He should have just stepped over and headed the fucking thing, or or kicked it, or done something of the sort. With Allison, I agree with you. Mignolet in goal, and I don't think Son has to even go past the keeper. I think he takes a touch, and Mignolet will come out, and dive at his feet, and he'll clip it over. Or he'll just kick it past him, and and Mignole be on his knee going, Oh, where's that gone? You know, um he did make himself huge. I still think Son should have scored because he was past him enough to actually just slot it in the net. He could have just slotted it. He tried to lift it because I think in his in his you know side vision, he could probably see Allison's arm or something. He thought, oh, I have to lift this, he's gonna get a touch on it. But um just just not good enough in my opinion. Chris, um absolutely and utterly thrilled that uh, Jordan Henderson scored just for all those fucking saps on Twitter that go on every week. About the midfield three and you can't win anything with that midfield three And Jordan Henderson, this Jordan Henderson was partly at fault for the fourth goal, but um, you know he gets he gets the equaliser, and he has been in bad form. Chris pointed that out, and I absolutely agree. But Chris, great to see him score a goal, and it's something you want to see more from him, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it's definitely something he needs to get back into his game. You know, because I think when he was younger, that was sort of what you he would, he would expect him to become, a bit more of a box-to-box goal-scorer midfielder. But, you know, he's that—he's only just really been put back into that role. Uh, as for the Twitter sphere, that tells you how crap he is and Klopp doesn't, doing, Klopp doesn't know what he's doing, you know, for a guy who's apparently crap, can't pass the ball five yards, he's mm. the worst Liverpool captain ever. You know, there aren't many rubbish Liverpool captains who win European Cups and challenge for league titles like he did last year. Mm. And it wasn't like he was a passenger. He was playing week in, week out. He's not pretty. He's not flair. And unfortunately, I think like, the biggest problem with Henson is his name's not Stephen Gerrard. Unfortunately, he'd done what Man United had to go through is being the man that follows Stephen Gerrard as captain is like being the man who follows Fergie. Yeah. Ultimately, whoever followed Stephen Gerrard, unless they were Lionel Messi or you know, something like that, they were always going to get compared to Gerrard and they were always going to be told the crap. And unfortunately for him, he's had to suck it up. In fairness to him, he just gets his head down and gets on, but you don't hear of him kicking off, you know. You, have, you don't see like what's happening with Shaka at Arsenal where he's told his own fans to F off as he's getting booed when he's getting substituted. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I was, I was made up. Uh, I even laughed because this is how funny Twitter is, I find, is even when he scores and possibly sticks it to a few of people like that, they're still like, yeah, but he's still not very good, is he? You're like, just, You've got to swallow it. Look, I, I like him. I think he's a really good player. I think he facilitates the a lot of the good things that Trent and Salah do. He does a lot of the donkey work for them. But I agree with Grizz. You know, I, I, I said in the podcast a couple of, couple of days back, I wouldn't have started him. You know, I was still assuming he was going to get taken off at half time for Chamberlain. But you know, that's why I'm not the manager of Liverpool and Klopp, no, you know, you've got to listen to Klopp.
1: Yeah. Now, listen,
2: it, it, it's a, it's
1: a good goal. He, he plays okay for me, um but the carry on every week of this midfield can't do anything, like this midfield has been picked the majority of games and we've won the majority of games. Grizz, it's a good finish though, isn't
3: it? <clears throat> I wanna see it again before I give him, uh, credit for a brilliant finish, uh, because the first time I saw it I thought he kind of shins it. Maybe
1: I'm wrong. No, he, he kind of hits it. To have another look. He kind of hits it and come, cuts across as he hits it, and it actually does. It, it actually he hits. I don't know how intentional it is, but look, he, he does well to get over the ball. Yeah, no, he does. Listen, and, and the direction on it is quite good.
3: Listen, the Hendo genie, the midfield bollocks. I I try not to get too bogged down in it and get involved in sort of Twitter threads talking about. It. Ideal midfields and bollocks, because it, it is quite a waste of time. We have a tremendous set of midfielders. I think it's possibly the strongest set of five, six we've got. So we've got Milner, Henderson, Fabinho, Ginny, who else? Ox, Nabby. Well, Lalana as well. We've probably got, that was
2: nobody, nice. nobody,
3: <laughs> nobody's, nobody's true, it's true. We've got, we've got the most, uh, for me, in my opinion, it's the strongest set of midfielders we've had in years. Uh, and we've got the best coach, in my opinion, we've, we've had to manage them. And that's what he will do, Go. It doesn't matter how many fucking captions we put off of oh, I love this midfield, or, or I dream about this combination. Fuck off, you absolute wet wipes. We have got the best manager ever to manage his team. And however he fits, and however he thinks, game by game, we need a certain combination of midfielder, a certain type of midfielder. He will do it, and no one can do fuck all about it. Yes, yes, Henderson's form individually has been poor, but again, he showed tactically he's what Klopp wants and Klopp will continue to pick him if he feels that's what he needs in that game. Ox done brilliant in, 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 in midweek. Absolutely buzzing for the lad. Absolutely buzzing for the lad. Gives us another um, tremendous option. Nabi we know, is Probably out of all the players in the team is probably the most technically sound, gifted, technically gifted, uh, probably the most creative. His time will come. If there's a game that he's needed, he'll be selected. I don't really get too bogged down and sort of, you know, worry about, you know, Twitterati chatting shit about, oh, I'd love to see this and this is well, you know. I'd love to see a lot of things as well, but, you know, at the
1: moment I'm seeing Chris Brack's face right in front of me. Do you
2: know what I mean? I want l- to, I want to joy, I want to joy
1: Chris's is. Um, listen, I think you should apologize. All I said was Greer's wasn't that a good finish and you've given me a complete <laughs> breakdown of every Liverpool midfield since about 1989.
3: Um, you know, you know why it.
1: Context. Mm. Right. Yeah. Let's move on.
2: Um, I don't but, know. Just add in, I don't yeah. know what everyone, what, everyone else, once from our midfield, we've moaned and groaned for years and years. Is look at United's bench, look at City's bench. They've got a 50 million pound player of the bench. You can't even get a pick. Look at this. You know, mara's never plays for City week in week out. We've got you know Cater and Oxford Chamberlain. That's 90 million pounds worth of footballer footballers there that are at the moment squad options. But I think people forget. You know, in three four months' time, the team that he picks will probably be completely different. Because it, it was last year. So it's like you can't have it both ways. You can't then say, you know, we want a really big squad with, you know, lots of quality in the bench. And then because your favourite player doesn't get picked, it, it's a disaster and the world's ended. It's just a bit, it's a bit tiresome.
1: Yeah, it can be. But look, it's just one of those things. Um, you know, somebody said there on the chat earlier, uh, having this discussion over Henderson over and over is like shooting yourself in the foot over and over again. <laughs> He And 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 that person loved his post-match interview. If you have any doubts about Jordan Henderson as a Liverpool captain, OK, he makes a mistake in the fourth minute. He walks his bollocks off for the whole rest of that game. He gets us back in the game in an equaliser. And he's man enough to come out after it. When so many players walk out and go, Oh, well, it was a bit of both and it was you know all this sort of shite. He just comes out and says, My fault. Uh, but we, we showed character. We kept going. I was happy to get the goal. I was delighted for the team to win. Hands over the man of the match award and walks off. That's a proper captain. End the story for me. Um, but look, we get, we get the winner, Grizz, and it's a penalty. And Martin Tyler is even resigned to the fact that it's a penalty, which was quite amusing. But Serge Aurier, and I know Kevin O'Sullivan, I think was, said it on the, on the pod the in the chat, and he said, Go at Arie and we get some uh, we get some, you know, success there. What is the Yakriz? Now I know Mane is quite cute, but what's he at? He's just taking mad swings at things in the box, like, when there's no reason to. Uh,
3: what's well, Serge Aurier. Yeah. Yeah, he's a madman. Um he's weird selection again from, um Pochettino, you know, uh, the team he selected last week kept a clean sheet and, you know, um, he he went with Serge Aurier and, you know, you could just see it, Gav, I could just picture it, you know, the way Mane chased him down, I thought, just get ahead of there and there's no way Serge Aurier will be allowed to, uh, sorry, will be able to control himself without lunging in, Um, thankfully for us he did, I think he's an atrocious player, I think he's awful. I think he's, uh, he's, he's brainless. He's, you know, he has got no sense of positioning. He's absolutely the opposite of what you want in a centre-back in terms of, uh, sorry, of a defender in terms of being composed, trying to stay on your feet as much as possible. He's the total opposite. He spends a lot of time on the floor and, you know, in, 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 in lunges and tackles and yellow cards. An absolute time bomb, you know. Ticking, and so it proved. Thankfully for us,
1: Rocket. yeah. Um, D- Dunno, Dunno. Says uh Manet was way too honest in his post-match interview. He absolutely was. <laughs> they said to him, what's do you make of the penalty?" And he he just basically said, "I seen he was going to kick, and I just thought put me legs there, and he'll definitely kick them." <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Stephen Max said he watched the game in Brazilian just to avoid to, to avoid Martin Tyler, which is um, that's that's serious. Uh, that's that's you know you're really committed there that serious commitment to uh, not having to listen to Martin Tyler um, Chris it's a penalty it's a penalty all day Salistan steps up puts it away and for the last whatever amount of minutes it was after he scored did you feel comfortable enough?
2: Yeah pretty much pretty much yeah I mean they had a lot more of the ball and they had to go for it I mean I, I heard a lot of the country say why they didn't they do this sooner well they-, they now have to win they now have something to Fight for Spurs, but um in fairness, I think the only real chance where they probably should have done better was probably held a header right near the end, mm. where, he, where he probably, you know, not under much pressure, probably should do better, but the rest of it, in fairness, was, was pretty, you know, Liverpool kept our arms then fairly well, and they've got, we've got better at doing that. I know we haven't kept many clean sheets recently, but we do seem to, when we get 2-1 up, uh, we do seem to be a lot better now at just clo- closing games out and just taking the sting out of games, you know, clever time wasting, all that sort of stuff, things that two, three years ago we weren't very good at. So, on the whole, I thought we did all right.
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was, wasn't was too bad. The, the the chance, I think Rose gets in behind Alexander-Arnold at one stage and he makes, makes a mess of it, and then the Alderweireld header right at the end, but like that, Allison straighter Allison, and no messing about. Grizz, I know it's a huge win, Um you know, it's three points, obviously, but it's, it's great to b- bounce back from a disappointing draw last week, let's be honest about it. But it's a huge win. What does that do to the other teams around us, Chris, to see us go, go down so early, you know, be frustrated till half-time where we're really on top, but we can't seem to score, and then we go and, and, and win the game anyway? What does that do to teams around us, Chris?
3: Forget teams around us. There's only one team we're, we're sort of... Well, yeah, for, yeah, I but yeah, I know <laughs> what you're we're, saying. Yeah. We're, 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 this is so disheartening for Pep and his team. You know, um, we've now played very. We've played. We've now played a lot of our tricky fixtures. You know, after ten games, we've had a very tough start in comparison to City, uh, and they've lost very two very very easy games. Um, a lot of tests for them to come, but to concentrate on us and coming back to us, um, the way we come back, we're just never beaten, and teams know this. You're never safe against us. We're, we're honestly, as Klopp says, we're one of the worst teams to play against. It's so, so tough. Um, it's been a very tough set of fixtures. Uh, it's been a very tough set start. I mean, in terms of picking up injuries here and there. Yeah. Kevl Sullivan uh, says
1: we've played all last season's top six, Bar City and Leicester.
3: Amazing. And, uh, t- and yeah, it was a, it was a disappointing, uh, um, it was a it was disappointing last week against old Trafford, but it was the performance that was disappointing. That's the only performance I can say where I thought we were awful. We've had patches where we weren't very good, for example against Sheffield United, but we weathered the storm and we came, we came back strong et cetera et cetera um but united, the united the United game was the one game where I thought we 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 were absolute pants. Um, but to come back from that, as you said, and put in a performance after, uh, conceding very early, I thought, I, th- I it kills the other teams, uh, really disheartens them, and long may it continue, Gaff.
1: Mm. Centurion says tricky fixtures do not end for him. He says to he says that this is what a title, this is what this title race is. Um, I agree, yeah. Yeah, no, it's an absolutely fair point. Uh, well, we've about five minutes left, so if people want to send us in some random questions just to finish off with, uh, now is your time to do it. Get them in and I'll throw one or two with the lads before we finish. Last thing to do, I suppose, lads, um, and that is man of the match. Um, there's a couple of contenders for me, but Chris, I'll let you go first. Who is your man of the match? Fabino. Just one more Fabino. How good was he? Uh,
2: He's immense, mate. You know, he's that, he is our finna you know but that, that's the sort of place city should have gone for to replace fernandinho. Mm. Uh, it just nothing gets past him. he's very calm The difference is also on the ball. he's really really good. you know, he sets up some really good attacks from deep. you know, he's i thought when we had that I thought that was probably peak DM for us. uh as a phrase I th- I think you know is probably the best we've seen in that position.
1: yeah, no, he's um he's he's just just to watch him he's just snapping into tackles and like like it was a fair point someone made earlier when they said you know look how dominant he was in midfield he didn't even pick up a yellow card and that's a really good point Chris because he usually would in a in a battle pick up a yellow when 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 maybe the legs go a little bit or the shape comes out with the team a little bit but you know it's it's um he's just really good Chris are you gonna go with anyone else for man of the match by the way?
3: Mm, no, nah, I'm not gonna try to be controversial or, or extra. Like, like uh, Matt. Yeah, you know, yeah. Matt would probably, Matt would probably say, you know, uh, well, I'm a- yeah, Lovren yeah. or Hendo. Yeah. But now I thought, I thought, I thought Fabinho was, Fabinho was a monster. Um the best way to describe him today, uh, as I said, they were physical and they were, they were very irritating today in that first 20, 30 minutes. There was sort of stopping free kicks and in your face and niggly little fouls and, 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 but he stayed calm. Um, I thought he was absolutely immense. One of his best performances for us. I thought he covered so much ground, stopped so many counterattacks at source. Um, yeah, just a, an impeccable display from him today.
1: Yeah. No, I I thought he was amazing. We may as well ask this question as well, Chris. I'll come to you first. We have. Arsenal at home in the League Cup during the week and then we travel to Villa Park next weekend before we, before our next domestic game which is Manchester City at home at Anfield the following Sunday. Uh, Fabinho was one card away from a, basically a ban, a one game ban. What way do you play this Chris? Do you, do you leave him out of both games? Do you put him into the Arsenal game to get a yellow? What do you do? Do you, do you make him walk a tightrope against Villa? It's a tricky one because he's probably the one player right now you, you absolutely want on that pitch um, when we play Man City on late November, isn't it? Yeah, mid November.
2: Uh, sorry. Yeah, I don't think you play him against Villa, whatever way you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if Klopp's worried about him losing a bit of rhythm, then give him a, give him an hour against Arsenal in the League Cup. Because if, if he picks up a yellow, he misses Villa anyway. Uh, and probably Villaway might be the game to give one of Ox or Cater a bit of a run-out.
3: Is that, is that definite? If he picks up a yellow against Arsenal in a cup, he misses
2: the next league game? Yes. Yeah, because it's all domestic. It's all domestic. Carry on. So that that's what I, I think we should do, is if you're got to, if you worried about losing rhythm and give him them, give them the Arsenal game for a bit, so if he does get booked, he misses Villa anyway, and if not... That's giving him his week off, uh, so he's not, cause he, he's gonna, he's gonna be busy against City. Uh, and this, Villa could be a perfect game for Cater or Chamberlain to get a, to get a run and get some minutes in the legs, cause both one of them off the bench against City could be crucial.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one because I, uh, like Villa away won't be easy. Um, no. I think they showed away at Arsenal. They were quite good, a little bit naive. Uh, against City on Saturday they were really good first half uh, fell apart a little bit second half but we'll probably after being given the run around by City a little bit in the first half but Grizz what would you do would you it, well, I'll put it this way I can't see him playing against Arsenal um, in this League Cup I really can't I think we we'll go for the, the youth again and stuff like that and the fringe players would you would you literally risk him against Villa to make sure he's there against City
3: nah no chance I would I would do whatever needs to be done legal or illegal to make sure he's playing <laughs> against Man City. Yeah.
1: yeah. So what I'm saying is if he doesn't play against Arsenal, right? You can mm. play him against Villa and tell him not to tackle anyone. Or nah, you can just leave, or you can leave him out, out with a villa game knowing he'll play against City.
3: No, that doesn't work. Aston Villa have shown and proved they're a very combative competitive uh team. And uh you don't pick a player, you just don't pick a player and tell him not to play his natural game, i.e. make high volume of tackles, uh, intersections, etc, etc. Um, I think you're right, I think it's time to utilise our squad. I suspect, and um, as you know I've got a 90% record of being correct.
1: Uh, I think. No, you need 80,
2: to,
1: now Hold on a minute, hold on. Of time, 80% of the time. Hold on a minute. Right. Your, your, your claim is 90% correct. That's not just in life in general. That's, that your predictions no, no, no. on football no, no. scores this season.
3: Foot, foot, yeah, foot, football, no, any footballing issues. No, it's
1: not, it's not. Don't start in not really like, I'll tear you apart. Don't. Alright. Alright, okay it's, okay, it's, okay. it's Liverpool results this season are right, 90%. All right.
3: Okay, well, I think I think uh, your man Ginny Wijnaldum will play in the six against Aston Villa.
1: Some, sorry, some people are saying here that the rules have changed. It is competition specific from this year. I thought so. Now, Chris reckons it's not. Huh?
3: So, well, I could be, you know, it, as I said, it could be the ten percent. It could be the ten percent. But I, I'm, I'm fairly sure that it's nine percent.
2: In that case, then he doesn't play. He doesn't play for the next two games. Then
1: mm, well, that's mm. the case, yeah. Absolutely. Or he may play against Arsenal and not play against Villa, but we'll have to wait and see. Sorry, well, guys, sense now. It, it,
3: it might make sense now to play against Arsenal anyway, with mm. the kids, a bit of experience. Although, I don't know what the situation is. I think Hoover's missing, so Milner might stay at right back. Um, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see the lineup actually against Arsenal now, because I, I can't see him playing against Villa I think it would be very naive of us to even risk him. I hope we don't play him. I hope we don't sort of try to sort of you know uh protect him by saying, Oh, don't you know, don't play your natural game. It just doesn't work. I can't see it. happening.
1: Mm. Now Dunno was saying that if he got booked today he would have missed Arsenal. So we're not too sure. We are gonna have no, to No, no, he
3: wouldn't or, he wouldn't he wouldn't no.
1: No, but that's what I'm saying. If it's if it's competition specific he would he would uh, miss the next league game if it's not competition specific and it's based on domestic all domestic games. If he had got booked today, he would have missed Arsenal and he would have been clear. Um, oh, sorry, he would have missed Arsenal. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I'll have to check. I'll have to check.
2: Um, I suppose we'll find out when um, City plays Southampton on Tuesday because Fernandinho's got a ban. Yes. So it's which it's which of game games does he miss? Does he miss the league game or the league cup game? The cup game. Uh,
1: the cup game? Mm. Yeah, I suppose. I'd like
2: to, so, I'd like i like to like get already, like, but,
1: you know. Okay. Um, Centurion asks, Gav, why don't you do a small segment to predict other games? I can do that. No problem. I can do it on, um, on a Friday night before the weekends and, uh, we can, on. And, and we can get somebody on and we can see, um, we can see what, we can get some, one person on to see if they can predict the scores and we go from there. We can, yeah, I can, I'll work on that during the week. How does that sound? I sure have nothing else to be doing, have I? Um, right. <laughs> Uh, Grizz. Got Random question before we leave. You ready?
3: No.
1: Are you ready? What? Okay. What's the most scared you've ever been, Chris? Most scared. Hmm. When, what, you, you, way you're thinking, oh, fuck this. You know, it could be that and it could be like, you could have been, I don't know, held up in an armed robbery. That's quite scary. Or you could have been yeah. just done a bungee jump and caught this is quite scary
3: no I've done a bungee jump I've done a I've done a catapult as well oh. I've been scared as much as I as I was when I went back home to Pakistan oh. um, as a as a teenager uh-huh. about 13 14 years old and um,
1: wow well, I was thought you were going to say about 13 14 years ago
3: <laughs> and, <laughs> go on, go on. Uh, and um, um, I first time I was uh introduced to crows. Uh and I shut myself. Um, oh, crows. Crows, crows. The birds, the black crows. Crows,
1: okay, right. You didn't see a crow until you went to Pakistan when you were 14. No. Okay.
3: <laughs> I'd seen them on TV and etc, cetera, etc, cetera, but um um where I'm from in Pakistan is like uh it's a village, it's crows, like open crows Crow Central basically, yeah? Yeah. yeah. It literally was Crow Central.
0: Mm.
3: So um, there's like a, it's like a nice tradition to sort of, you know, go on the rooftops because the houses are different. They're like, it's open rooftops. You can go on the, on the, on the rooftops and just sit on the balconies, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. And, and people feed these crows or whatever and, and it's absolutely normal. Well, I must confess, I've never been more scared. You wouldn't think that, you know, a teenager coming from From, from London would be scared of sort of small little birds like that, but I was terrified. I would not feed them. I was like, I made a, it was quite embarrassing. I made a fool of myself because I wouldn't, I wouldn't do what everyone else was doing. I was just like sort of. You
1: wouldn't give them some in field. So I was just saying.
3: Nah, I I wouldn't give them, I wouldn't give, (laughs) I wouldn't give them my food at the best of times to be honest with you. You know, um, I like my food, but yeah, this time was especially embarrassing. I just, I, I stayed away from crows. That's one of my, nightmares
1: okay and um, when i asked you that question Stephen and Mac's response <laughs> immediately mean was that the kebab shop was closed and um, mystery man 111 yeah. says just check the rules and the only the competition the cards are given in from this season so it is competition specific by the looks of it um steve and Mac is asking are there crows in london <coughs> there's
3: a few pubs called the crows
1: yeah i know yeah but is there crows <laughs> in london Grizz
3: um I'll have to double check. I, 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 I don't think I've seen any crows in London. Oh yeah. Oh. I haven't. Yeah. I mean, I, I seriously haven't. I haven't seen any <laughs> crows.
1: Okay. Yeah. So when you're walking around, you're like, Oh, look at that. Oh, that's nice. Oh, oh no, that's not a crow. Do you that's look at different, no, I've do, you seen look, pigeons. do you look at different, think... yeah, do you look at different boards and go, oh, that's a pigeon. Do you name them as you're on the way down the street? Like, Well,
3: now, mean? now I'm going to specifically look for crows or yeah. Oh, now I'm going to be actually doing some spot bird spotting. Yeah. Because of this show after today. I'm actually going to look out for some crows in London. Cool. Thanks.
1: Let us know how you get on, yeah. Uh, Chris, oh. Chris, um, uh, Duno says he loves the Grizz. Everyone loves Grizz. If you don't like Grizz, there's something seriously wrong with you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. 100% serious. If you don't like Grizz, can't, is seriously something wrong with you. Um, cause he's literally one of my favorite humans on earth. Um, and I include all the Pakistani crows and that. Um, Chris, Wednesday, uh, has there ever been a time where you've been extremely scared? And I don't, and listen Chris, this isn't the time. I Probably have, doing a
3: pod with me.
1: Yeah, no, this this isn't the time to turn around and go, well I remember the time my whole family were tied up and, you know, uh, this happened and I'm like, oh fucking hell, this has gone badly, badly wrong. Uh,
3: fucking crows.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. Well, you can laugh Chris, but it was scary. I'm
2: uh, oh,
1: sure, sure St- it was. Centurion um, wants to know, um, are they like the ones from Tom and Jerry?
3: <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, Gav? They were very scared. and every single one maybe the new one from London. Every uh, single one's focus was me. Yeah. I mean there was like you know, there was loads of other kids and people around, but every scroll seemed to be looking at me and focusing on me. That's uh, because you're a foreigner
1: when you were over. Yeah, there. It,
3: it, it's absolutely it, it's yeah. like they've got a sense of sort of you know, he must have been he must have a few bob on him. Yeah. Why crows want to know that? I have Q no problem. idea. What's to, what
1: are you going to do, Robbie O'Walla? What are you going to do with it? <laughs> you know
3: what I mean? I, I, this is what bugs me. Like, why would they think that?
2: But anyway, oh, sorry, no. Chris. Oh, sorry, Chris. Oh, dear. Um, I was going to say Christian Paulson playing for, playing for Liverpool. That was
0: probably oh, one, one of the most scary.
2: That was one of those scary things. Then, then I saw Rog, someone was even scarier. Um, Probably for me was, probably I was about seven. Mm-hmm. I think I... I I had an accident at school where I ended up cutting my leg quite deep. Um, had to go to hospital for it, and there was the I was quite scared because I wasn't quite sure, you know, how bad it was, and you know, it was quite, you know, operation, amputation stuff. (laughs) Not quite that bad, but it was like a deep cut. I had like 25 stitches in my leg, so it was, uh, at seven years old, that was quite scary when you saw like a big hole in my leg. So that's probably the scariest I think I've been. Uh, in a non footballing
1: sense. Okay. Fair play to you. You just came out and answered the question, Grizz Absolute absolutely well, I, I didn't answer the
2: question.
3: Yeah you,
1: uh, oh, thought... you, you absolutely answered the question Grizz. There's no yeah, doubt about to that. To the
3: best of my knowledge, to the you know, as honest as I could. Well the best of your
1: knowledge you were there. It was like you were there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you were guessing.
3: <laughs> well it was a long time ago.
1: What oh yeah. And memory <laughs> memories can fade.
3: And I've also got a bad, bad phobia about, you know, do you remember those kids playgrounds? As, you know those tunnels that you have to go through yeah. as kids yeah. in, in sort of playgrounds these days? Yeah, oh my god. I, I've been scared a few have times. A phobia of tunnels? Mm, dumb tunnels in particular. Like not normal, like,
1: Drive here, there's, a, there's, yeah.
3: there's a, you know, like not Blackwall Tunnel, there's, there's a Blackwall Tunnel down the road in South London. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not those type of tunnels, I'm talking about the ones that sort of kids play and try to, you know, go in one end and co- That's what usually you do in tunnels,
1: but. <laughs> you but, go in one end and come out the other
3: <laughs> Yeah, but, oh, God. Imagine me, like, proper getting stuck in one of those, uh, proper scared.
1: So, hold on. No, yeah, but I'm presuming you are scared of them when you were a kid. You, you're not going around playgrounds now, are you? Going through tunnels. Um,
3: no, I, I don't. But I, I, I still remember them. Yeah. I still, I still sometimes have nightmares of sort mm. of getting stuck in a tunnel. I think that's maybe probably a sign of like my my um, keto diet. Ah, oh,
1: yeah. The famous probably, keto. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's probably it's probably you know telling me to keep it keep it going keep it going. Mm. But okay. yeah, tunnels and crows.
1: Fair enough. Well, listen, I think we need to leave it there. We're about an hour on now, and uh, it's getting it's getting ridiculous. But listen. Um, that's been the Fatback for our pod thanks to Chris for joining me, thanks to Grizz as ever for joining me, um, Liverpool beat sports 2 goals to 1, Grizz is afraid of crows, also afraid of tunnels but let me be perfectly clear he is not in playgrounds going through tunnels at any time right now it was when he was younger 21 more wins, Reds marketing are dirty, over and out this message is sponsored by Amazon
0: I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies Making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. You started as an RN, caring for one patient at a time. But now you're being called to help more patients more often. By earning your Master's in Nursing Leadership and Healthcare Systems degree online from Grand Canyon University, you could become a leader responsible for staff development and patient care outcomes. What do you think making a difference in healthcare looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Sports Social Podcast Network.